Yo, what is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Clutch Pod. As always, I'm your host, AB. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at clutch underscore pod. And don't forget, I'm also on Clubhouse, where we usually just discuss hoops, have some intense debate. If you feel like that's something you want to be involved in, don't forget to follow me on there at clutch underscore AB. So, the new NBA season is vastly, vastly approaching us. Opening night is on the 22nd with the Nets taking on the Warriors. And this pod here, episode 42 of the podcast, is official, official predictions pod for the upcoming season. So, my rookie of the year, my sick man of the year, my MVP, my NBA champions it will all be revealed on this episode of the podcast. So this is essentially a podcast I'm going to refer to and I'm going to look at this podcast a year from now after the Larry O'Brien trophy has been hoisted by the eventual champions and see how I've done. One thing I will say though, I'm currently shooting 50% from the field. <laughs> Last year, I predicted three of the six outcomes correctly. I predicted the Lakers to be the champions. I predicted Yanis to be defensive player of the year. And I predicted Ja Morant to be rookie of the year. So 50% from the field is not bad. It's definitely not bad, but I'm trying to improve that this year. So this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna start off with my rankings in each conference both the west and the east i'm only going to do one to ten though because obviously this year we've got that playing tournament between the seventh and eighth seed and the ninth and tenth seeds so if you don't hear your team being mentioned on this pod it's likely that i don't see them making the top 10 seeds in their conference it's nothing personal it's just my opinion in it <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna do that before i move on to who i think will be the nba champions the Western Conference champions, Eastern Conference champions, my MVP, Rook of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, Sixth Man of the Year, and rounding it up with Coach of the Year. To kick it off, I'm going to start off in the Western Conference. I'm going to go from 10th to 1st. So the team I've got finishing 10th in the Western Conference is the New Orleans Pelicans. Year 2 of Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, the young core, new head coach in Stan Van Gundy. This team is still growing as a team. I'm excited to see what year two Zion can bring. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. He has been playing well in preseason. Their perimeter shooting, I don't know how that's going to navigate. Eric Bledsoe is not a great perimeter shooter. They've got Steven Adams at the five, who is not a three-point shooter at all. Zion's very hot and cold. Lonzo Ball, he's starting to develop into the three-point shooter we thought he was at UCLA. Obviously, you've got JJ Redick, who is there established three-point shooter so questions surrounding shooting overall this is still a very very young team so i've got them just about scraping that final playing tournament berth where they'll take on the nine seed and it'll be interesting to see if year two zam can make the playoffs as the ninth seed in the western conference i've got the phoenix suns and their newly acquired star backcourt cp3 and devin booker i think they're gonna have a great season together monty williams as well in his second season as head coach this team famously went eight and zero in the bubble and they're gonna build on that with one of their first winning seasons that they've had in a while i think they'll still have a winning record despite finishing ninth in the conference with that being said they are still inexperienced i know they've added cp3 and jay crowder but it's still a very very young team who haven't really experienced playoff basketball if you've got your Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton set to have a big big year I know that um, suspension he had last year really halted his progress but I'm expecting to see big things from this Phoenix Suns they got some nice bench play got them finishing ninth just outside the 
traditional playoff spots but we do know that with this playing tournament anything is possible and trust me it's gonna take a very very good team to beat a backcourt of Chris Paul and Devin Booker twice consecutively in order to make the playoffs because that's what's gonna happen for the Phoenix Suns to miss the playoffs as I predict. Rounding up the eighth seed in the west I've got the Utah Jazz and their new maxed franchise cornerstones in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. The reason I've got them falling all the way to eighth, despite them finishing higher than that in the last couple of seasons, is simply because I feel like other teams in the conference have got better and they've essentially just lagged behind. They've maxed Gobert, they've brought back Derek Favors, they gave Jordan Clarkson 52 M's over four years, they've paid Donovan Mitchell, but I feel like the other teams in the West have got much, much better. I've got questions on Mike Conley. He did not have the greatest season at all last year. He shot it very, very poorly. He's getting up there with age as well. I don't know. I feel like we've seen the best of Mike Conley in his career and he's now on the decline. So I don't know how well he's going to play this season. Joe Ingles as well is getting up there with age. They don't really have that offensive weapon other than Donovan Mitchell. I know they've got Jordan Clarkson off the bench who is a sixth man of the year candidate. But other than that, Royce O'Neal... Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, Rudy Goldberg. These aren't really guys that you can give them the ball and tell them, go get me a bucket. Especially if Donovan Mitchell's having an off-shooting night, it's going to be tough for them to get that offense to really compete and finish higher than eighth in the Western Conference. So I've got the Jazz finishing eighth. Finishing in seventh in the conference, I've got the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry's back. Clay Thompson's out injured. Draymond Green is back. But I feel like this Warriors team has presently constructed... I don't see them getting any higher than sixth seed. I've got them finishing in seventh. I've got serious, serious questions on the health of Steph Curry. We all know what kind of player he is. One of the best players in the league. Two-time MVP, three-time champion. But I've got questions around his health. He's very, very fragile, especially due to the fact that there's no clay. Anytime Steph Curry is given the offensive load of the team, he, he always, always gets injured. His body can't hack it. He's got ankle problems. Last year, we saw him break his hand. I feel like the offensive strain on him is going to be too much, whereby they are going to be relying on him so heavily. So he's likely to pick up an injury here and there and miss some time out. And if Steph Curry does miss some time out through injury, I mean, I know they brought in Kelly Oubre. You've got Wiggins, you've got Draymond Green, you've got Wiseman, the number two pick. But I don't think that's enough, especially in the wild, wild west. One thing I will say, I can't lie, hot take alert. If Steph Curry does miss some a long period of time out through injury, I won't be surprised if this Warriors team doesn't make the playoffs. I've got them making the playoffs. I've got them finishing in the seventh seed, provided that Steph Curry is healthy for majority of the season. But does, should he be injured and miss a significant amount of time, I will not be surprised if the Warriors miss the playoffs. Their bench, I feel like they've got serious depth issues. I mean... We saw the players that they had playing last season. You had like Juan Toscano, Anderson, Jordan Poole, Alfonso McKinney. These are not really established NBA players. They're players that are on the fringe of like the G League and things like that. And those are not the players you need to carry you to a playoff berth, especially with the way the Western Conference is set up. But for now, I've got them finishing seventh in the West. Respectable. Finishing sixth. Now, this team has been very, very hard to gauge because of their much broadcasted um, star being disgruntled. I've got the Houston Rockets finishing sixth in the West. Obviously, the big question for them is surrounding the 
availability of James Harden will he start the season with the Rockets right now he's looking lightly unless a Warriors bomb drops tonight or tomorrow he will be suiting up for the Rockets come opening night but I don't think he'll be there come the trade deadline that being said they still managed to fill out the roster quite nicely they brought in Boogie and John Wall who are just two players who have come off long long lengthy injury um, delays but they have been looking good in preseason that's another big big question mark on how their body does react after missing a lot of time out through injury obviously new coach new gm Raphael stone steve silas so there's some questions around that fit and the system and they've also had some locker room unrest i mean we've heard pj tucker come out and complain we've heard daniel house complain all these articles have come out so it's going to be interesting to see how this team gets on but yeah, I feel like if Harden just settle down and play basketball, this team can re- be really, really good. Other than that, I've just got them sitting sixth in the Western Conference because of all these uncertainties and this new coach and GM situation. So I don't really know what to expect. Finishing fifth in the Western Conference, I've got the Dallas Mavericks and that bad man, Luka Doncic. A lot of people have tips Luka to win MVP this season. Yeah, three Luka. Boy, he's in for a big, big, big season. I'm expecting to see a lot from him, especially after he got his first playoff series under his belt where he performed admirably, hit that famous, famous game winner against the Clippers in game three, I believe. But ultimately, they went out in six. One big question for them is health. Luka Doncic is a guy who's had some little injury niggles here and there, whether it was a hamstring last season or an ankle problem and with Porzingis out till potentially January those are two of their star players who are going to be out so there's big question marks around that if they can stay healthy they will be a very very problematic team in the west with that duo but with Porzingis out till January Luca's going to have to hold it down for the first couple of weeks of the new season they've also got guys like Josh Richardson Willie Cauley Stein um, Dwight Powell Tim Hardaway Jr so they've got a nice team but the big question mark for them is staying healthy moving on from the Mavericks top four in the west so this team I'll predict will have home court advantage come playoff time give me the Portland Trailblazers why because they are a very very durable team Dame Lillard barely misses a game CJ McCollum barely misses a game we all know what kind of numbers Damian Lillard can put up he's had the Portland Trailblazers franchise on his back for multiple multiple years they are very 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 good regular season team that are slept on they do rack up their wins in the regular season so I expect them to do that again this season and they are a deep team they brought in wings such as Derek Jones Jr. They've got Rodney Hood. Melo's back. Their front court is looking nice. Robert Covington. Uh, Zach Collins is back from injury as well. Um, Ennis Cantor is back. Yusuf Nurkic. So the only reason why they were the eighth seed last year is because of the injuries. Nurkic was injured. Zach Collins was injured. Rodney Hood was injured. So now they've got their team back. Expect them to rack up those wins in a regular season and be a real, real tough side to beat and round up the top four in the West also look out for Gary Trent Jr. as well. He really exploded in the bubble. He's a real three-point threat. So I expect him to develop nicely come this season. The Blazers, fourth place in the West. That's very, very respectable for them. Top three in the Western Conference. The third place in the West, I've got the Clippers. We all know what happened to the Clippers last season in the playoffs. 
embarrassingly going out to the Nuggets in seven after being up 3-1. A lot of people have been quick to write them off this season. NBA fans can be very, very reactionary. They were quick to call Kawhi the best player in the league after he won the championship in his first year in Toronto. I was not off that mindset. I still thought it was LeBron James. So now after that season that they've just had after bowing out in the second round, failing to make the Western Conference Finals, they've taken that title away from Kawhi Leonard and replaced it with LeBron James. So it's too reactionary. I like to see how things play out before I make my decision. So despite the fact they had a tough offseason, despite the fact they had a tough postseason as well, and despite the fact they lost their coach, Doc Rivers, I still feel like the Clippers are a wounded animal, but wounded animals are still dangerous. They still got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard two of the top five wings in the league they've still got you know, Lou Will one of the premier six men coming off the bench they put in Serge Ibaka a nice pickup for them considering they lost Montrezl Harrell so they will get their regular season wins they're still a deep deep team they still got Marcus Morris as well I don't know the load management situation between Kawhi and Paul George this season but I do feel like it will be amended especially with the way last season went Ty Lue's at their home now as well and he was there when the ship sank last season alongside Doc Rivers I feel like he will be a able to rectify them especially because he witnessed it firsthand so yeah the Clippers I uh, got them as a three seed in the Western Conference and yeah don't sleep on them guys even though they had a disappointing postseason they're still an elite team one of the real contenders for the championship this year okay two seed in the West I've got the Lakers finishing second in the West the championship favorites we all know the type of offseason they've had bringing in Montrezl Harold Dennis Schroeder paying Kyle Kuzma three-year 40 million dollars big up Kuz for getting that bag LeBron James got that two-year extension AD that five-year contract so yeah this is the team to beat for me the reason why I've got them only as the two seed and not the one seed as they were last year is because of the turnaround between the end of last season and the beginning of this season so I do expect LeBron James to sit some games out and AD to hold it down and when LeBron James is back AD to get some rest and for LeBron to hold it down one thing I will say AD we do know he has an injury history so he's gonna have to be managed um, accordingly especially with the short turnaround from last season to this season but with that being said the Lakers they're still a deep deep team I mean your Montrezl Harrell Marcus Soul you've still got KCP you've got Kuzma you've got Dennis Schroeder as well you've got your Alex Caruso Talon Horton Tucker looks like he can crack the rotation after going off in preseason. They've got players that can hold it down and still get their regular season wins even if LeBron and AD alternating days of rest. So that's why I've got the Lakers as the two seed and with the best record in the Western Conference, the number one seed in the West, I've got the Denver Nuggets. Why? Because they are a quality, quality regular season team. They are constantly slept on. A lot of people do not rate them. Western Conference finalists last season. Respect needs to be placed onto them. They're still a young, young team. Jokic is 25. Jamal Murray 24. MPJ is on the come up. You've got guys like Monte Morris off the bench. Will Barton didn't even go to the bubble. Is back. He's a key, key piece for them. I expect Jamal Murray to have a huge, huge season. The well coach Mike Malone knows what he's doing and people sleep on their home court advantage. They've got real, real home court advantage. That mile high um, city up in the mountains. They're a young team, but they're very, very experienced. They've got playoff experience. So I feel like they're, they're only going to get better as a team, the Denver Nuggets. I've got them having the best record in the West. They're going to get their wins. And most importantly, their players are going to play most of the games. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, they're two stars who are hardly ever injured. They're very, very durable. And that's the theme as we go through this list. I'm looking at the durability of players. How many 
games have these players played in an NBA season? Jokic played 73 games last year in a shortened season. So I expect them to build on that and to really, really shock the West, I would say, and finish number one in the conference. So yeah, there we go. Nuggets one, Lakers two, Clippers three, Blazers four, Mavs five, Rockets sixth, Warriors seventh, Utah eighth, then I got the Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans rounding up the final playing tournament spot. So yeah, if you didn't hear your team in the West, listen, I'm sorry in it. I just don't think that you you can make the top ten seeds in the West, and that's due to a various number of factors. Whether or not you're still a young rebuilding team that's still growing, like the Grizzlies and the Kings. Whether or not I've got questions on like your players' health and your and your coaching situation, like the Timberwolves, or whether or not. I just feel like you need to blow it up and just like start again from young and finally get rid of these vets that you've holding hostage and let them move on to winning situations. I'm talking to you, San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> That's my Western Conference seedings for the playoffs. And we're going to move out east now. I must say this was um, slightly easier to try and predict than the West because the West there's so many unknown factors that are still need to be resolved such as like trade issues and like new coaches and things like that i feel like the east you kind of know who the top teams are in the east but yeah nevertheless let's get into it so the 10th seed in the east i've got the washington wizards this might come to a shock to a lot of people especially people of the russell westbrook hive um yeah i'm not i'm not too high on that team I will, i'm gonna be real the ross and Bradley bill backcourt is very exciting one of the premier backcourts in the eastern conference i'll give that to them but other than that, there's a lot of, lot of factors that are very, very worrying to me, especially defensively. I mean, this team was one of the worst teams defensively in the league. I think they were the worst defensive team in the league. I mean, they gave up even like 160 points against like the Rockets at one point last season. So, yeah, defensively, I've got a lot of question marks, especially with guys like Rui Hachimura, Bradley Bills, not known to be a defensive kind of guy. Denier Villa, I don't really know much about him. He's a rookie. And Davis Bertans does not play a lick of defense. So I don't know what's going to happen. Thomas Bryan is even the greatest defensive center in the league as well. So defensively, this team is going to be very, very shaky. They're gonna be yeah. I don't I don't really I don't really know. Brady Bill, a very durable player. He plays a lot of games. We all know the 30 that he averaged last season and how he was robbed. Yeah robbed off an all-star place hopefully you can get that this season but yeah i've got the wizards just scraping the final playing tournament and listen if they get in there yeah i don't know any team that can beat the uh, russell westbrook and bradley bill led team twice consecutively in order to make the playoffs so i do feel like eventually the wizards will make the playoffs but just through the playing tournament rather than automatically but yeah they're definitely need to improve their defense and yeah i've got them just about scraping that final playing tournament spot ninth seed i've got the orlando magic listen the orlando magic they're just a team in basketball purgatory right now we know what they are they've been the eighth seed the last two years they know what they are when you come against the magic tough defensive team steve clifford is the mastermind behind that they're going to be without one of their defensive anchors though in john isaac for the whole season that's going to be a huge blow for them um you've got busevich who still quietly drops like 20 and 10 a season one-time all-star he's just a solid solid center um you still got your aaron gordon markel Fultz. i like cole anthony at 15th that they drafted so yeah they'll qualify for the playing tournament as the ninth seed i believe but i just feel like the orlando magic they're just a 
meh team. Like they're not they're not the worst team in the league by any stretch of imagination, but they are not the greatest at all. They're just stuck right in the middle. And it's one of them ones whereby to blow it up and say we're gonna rebuild is very, very tough because they still got quality, serviceable NBA players in it. But they don't have those kind of assets to uh, a trade for a superstar or a star and they don't have like that cap space to sign a marquee free agent in it so they're just stuck in that like seven eighth ninth seed so i just thought yep i'm gonna put them as the ninth seed because i like the team that's just above them a little bit better i don't know what to tell you about the orlando magic in it they're just one of those teams man finishing eighth this might come as a surprise considering they're still a young team but i just feel like They've got a point guard who is the real deal. Give me the Atlanta Hawks as the eighth seed in the East. Young and upcoming team. Very, very exciting. I love the moves that they've made in the offseason. Acquiring vets and addressing their perimeter defense issues. I mean, Trey Young, he's going to explode. Made his first all-star team last season. Hopefully, he makes his second this season. I expect him to make a big jump. Bringing in Danovich and Gallinari is clutch. Two very, very good players. Gallinari is an experienced player. He's been all around the league. The Knicks, the Nuggets the funder he he knows what it's like to play in the playoffs he's still got john collins clint capella so yeah they, they're a very very good team they're very deep as well um and they've added vets in rondo as well who's really gonna take trey young and these guys under their wing and try to motivate them so yeah i really like what they've done big up lloyd pierce but yeah i expect them to at least make the playing tournament minimum but yeah i've got them as the eighth seed they're still gonna have to play in the playing tournament seventh seed i've got the indiana pacers why new coach new system i don't really know much about their coach injuries to jeremy lamb and tj warren so those are two like important players to their rotation so they're gonna struggle a bit but other than that they still got all-star in demonte sabonis you got your mouse turner victor oladipo is a player with that we've got question marks around he hasn't really truly recovered from that injury so there's still question marks around that and the new coach they still need to sort out this sabonis turner front court situation i'm always seeing mouse turner being thrown around in trade finders if i've been seeing it i'm sure he definitely has been seeing it so hopefully this doesn't really affect his level of play because he is their defense anchor in that front court uh, indiana pacers they're a nice team a good team they play hard um, but i don't see them troubling any of the top boys in the eastern conference i just feel like they'll finish solidly in seventh and yeah one of the further reasons why i don't see them troubling any of those boys the top guns in the east simply because of what the miami heat done to them in the first round last year they just swept them 4-0 with the playoffs and the celtics swept them the year before that so they're not that on that elite level but they're still most definitely a playoff team that's the indiana pacers in my opinion the sixth seed in the east are the nba finalists the miami heat i don't want to say that their run to the finals was a fluke but i do feel like there are other teams that are better than them and i do feel like the situation with the NBA season being suspended for so long, it really hampered other teams, but it didn't really hamper the Miami Heat because of the Heat culture. Your Pat Riley, your Eric Spolsters, you've got Jimmy Butler leading the way as well. That brother's been homeless. So what's a, what's living in a bubble got to do for him? Like he was able to function there fully. So yeah, I feel like other teams got significantly better considering um, the situation the Miami Heat were in. And they made some questionable decisions in the offseason, in my opinion. I mean, given Myers Leonard, that two-year, $20 million deal was very, very questionable to me. I don't see Myers Leonard as a $10 million per year kind of player. And they gave Dragic that bag. I know that's a sentimental bag because of his warrior spirit in playing 
in the finals with an injury and the service that he has offered the Miami Heat. So that is respectable. They gave Bam that bag as well. I feel like they'll finish as the sixth seed in the East or the fifth seed at best. I don't see them getting a home court advantage in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, listen, I won't be surprised if they end up doing that because this team full of underdogs and you just can't sleep on them. You just cannot sleep on the Miami Heat, especially when you've got Jimmy Butler leading the way for them. Just above them, I've got the Toronto Raptors or the Tampa Raptors, <laughs> as that's where they were going to be playing their home games this season in Tampa, which is going to be an adjustment that they're going to have to make. So that's going to affect them as well because they don't really have a home court advantage. You know, They lost their big rotation as well in Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol. I think that's going to hurt them. I like Chris Boucher. And I like Aaron Baines, but they're, uh, they're not the same. I don't think they've got better in replacing them. They've just got slightly worse. One thing that I've acknowledged, especially in the playoffs, is that Pascal Siakam, he's not a number one option. He's not that guy. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really see them pushing for a top four seed in the East. I've got them finishing fifth. Kyle Lowry's getting up there with age as well. Fred Van Vliet, he got his bag. It's happy to see him back in Toronto. But I feel like they're more elite players in that conference and more elite teams than the Toronto Raptors. They've had their championship run though. They should be content, but they will be a tough team to beat in the playoffs. Just like last season when they went seven games with the Celtics. One thing I will say though, this next man up mentality that they have had where they're just finding like serviceable NBA players from any and everywhere I feel like there's going to become a time where that begins to run out I mean I know they brought in guys like Matt Thomas you've got Norman Powell and guys like that but there's going to be a time where you need like established NBA players you can't just be bringing out these crazy guys from the middle of nowhere and plugging them into NBA games I don't really see them as contenders but a fifth seed in the in the Eastern Conference is still solid for the Toronto Raptors I mean they're still going to be a very very difficult team to beat fourth seed in the Eastern Conference I've got my Philadelphia 76ers why We've got a new coach, Doc Rivers, new GM, Daryl Morey. We've addressed some of the issues that were plaguing us last season. We've got some shooters now and some championship experience in Dwight Howard and Danny Green. We've got our same all-star duo, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. There are still questions surrounding their health and durability issues. Joel Embiid even had to sit out the final preseason game. He only played one preseason game. So there's questions around that. Ben Simmons off late has proven to be semi-injury prone. He's had some real problems, especially that back problem that he suffered. But yeah, despite that, I feel like the Sixers will have a somewhat respectable season finishing top four in the East in their roster. They don't really have that guy that you can give them the ball down the stretch of a game and they can get to work. Joel Embiid can be that guy, but you don't really want that to be your big man. You really want that to be a perimeter player or like a guard sort of thing. So we're going to see how that fares out. But I do think they're good enough to claim the four seed in the East and get that much needed home court advantage just about. So yeah, I've got the Sixers at four. Now we're moving on to the top three teams in the East. Three seed, give it to me, the Boston Celtics. Why? Because we all know what the Boston Celtics are. They haven't really made a lot of moves this offseason. They brought in Tristan Thompson. They're still going to have Daniel Tice at the five. They've still got your Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I know they lost Gordon Hayward. He's been in and out of the team through injury and he's been coming off the bench. So their core is still there and you still got Brad Stevens, most importantly. I do expect Jason Tatum to have a big, big season. He averaged like 24 points last season and there were some times where he went through a stretch where he was just playing out of his mind. I expect those stretches to be a bit 
more consistent. I've got the Celtics finishing as the three seed in the East. One thing that's going to really affect them is the fact that Kemba Walker is going to be out till January through injury. So they're going to probably run like Jeff Teague at the point guard position, which is not ideal, especially 2020 Jeff Teague. <laughs> Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to have to hold it down for the Celtics until Kemba Walker comes back. Okay, now we're moving on to the creme de la creme, the top two teams in the conference, the two elite teams in my eyes. The number two seed in the Eastern Conference, where's Brooklyn at? Give me the Brooklyn Nets. Why? Because they've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's why. Two elite, elite players. One all-world player. One of the greatest players that has touched the basketball in the National Basketball Association. Coming off an Achilles injury, you'll never know that if you just watch his last two preseason games. He's looking very, very healthy. The jumper is still wet. KD and Kyrie. If Kyrie Irving can get rid of those extracurricular activities and all that media nonsense he's spewing and just focus on ball, then the Brooklyn Nets ceiling is an NBA championship. No doubt about that. When you've got two players like that and a nicely well-rounded roster with guys like Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jarrett Ireland, Joe Harris. Like those are those that's a team that can win a championship, especially if everyone's locked in. I know there's still questions around their coaching situation with, with Steve Nash being a first year head coach and with this whole defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator and Jacques Vaughn and Mike D'Antoni. Listen, I don't know how that's gonna work, but I do know this. You put two players together like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and even if they don't have a coach, they're finishing as a top two seed uh, as a minimum requirement. So that's what I've got them finishing. Two seed in the East, the Brooklyn Nets. They're a deep team as well. Favourites to make it out. A lot of people's favourites to make it out the East and to challenge possibly the Lakers or the Clippers. The reason why I don't have them finishing as a one seed is obviously questions to do with their coaching and the fact that KD and Kyrie both came off long, long injury layoffs. And Kyrie Irving especially is very, very injury prone. So I don't know how many games he's going to play. Um, even though they've got guys like Dinwiddie and Levert that can hold it down for him, it's still not Kyrie Irving. So I do feel like they will drop a couple games here and there. And I feel like KD might be load managed, especially coming off that long, long injury layoff. So yeah, Brooklyn Nets as a two seed and the one seed in the Eastern Conference, the team that had the best record in basketball last season, the Milwaukee Bucks. Why? Because they had the best regular season last year. They were on track to win like 70 games before the season cut out due to COVID. And they're just an elite regular season team. They know how to navigate through the regular season with ease. I mean, Yanis was averaging like 28 and 13 in three quarters last season. Like, that is crazy. Crazy, crazy numbers. Like, he wasn't even playing fourth quarters like that. And with Drew Holiday here to manage the offensive load with Chris Middleton and Yanis, I feel like they will comfortably navigate through the regular season. Obviously, the big question for this Milwaukee Bucks team is in the playoffs, which is what we'll get onto later. But with Middleton and Drew Holiday and Yanis, I feel like there will be a threat, like there will be a problem to match up with in the conference, especially with all these guys being very durable as well. Chris Middleton plays a lot of games. Yanis is hardly ever injured. Drew Holiday, the same. And they still got guys like Dante DiVincenzo. You've got um, Brooke Lopez out of five. Even though they lost George Hill as well through free agency. You still got Bobby Portis. You brought in Bobby Portis. You brought in DJ Augustine. Tory Craig is an underrated wing defender. So yeah, the Bucks they're on track to have a great regular season and top the Eastern Conference. Can't forget Coach Bud as well. He's a very, very good regular season coach. I don't know about the playoffs still. He's the one that navigated that Atlanta Hawks team to 60 wins a couple years ago. So yeah, 
that's my Eastern Conference rankings. I'm going to go through again. 10, I've got the Wizards. 9, I've got the Magic. i got the Hawks at 8. The Pacers at 7. The Miami Heat at 6. The Raptors at 5. The Sixers at 4. The Celtics at 3. The Nets at 2. And the Milwaukee Bucks will be sitting atop the Eastern Conference in my prediction. And just like I said, for the if your team has not been mentioned, it's either because you've probably got like a new coaching setup, you're still a young rebuilding team, you're still a team that's on the rise, or unfortunately, you're the Knicks. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just had to get that out there. So yeah, that is my prediction for the top 10 seeds in each conference. And I would love to know your opinions on my list or some of your lists for the top 10 seeds in each conference. You can tweet me at clutch underscore pod, DM me on Instagram at clutch underscore pod, or you can follow me on Clubhouse at clutch underscore AB, where I'll be hosting an NBA predictions event where I'll be playing this podcast and everyone who joins the room can give their predictions on who's going to win what this upcoming season so now that that's over with we're going to get on to the awards i feel like this is more fun so i'm going to name my nba champions my rookie of the year prediction my sixth man of the year my defensive player of the year and my coach of the year prediction so my 2021 nba champions prediction is none other than the los angeles lakers this shouldn't come to a shock to a lot of people as the lakers improved their already championship roster by adding sixth man of the year and a sixth man of the year finalist in montres harrow and dennis schroeder respectively also one needs to take into consideration anthony davis's newfound championship swagger you know you win a championship yeah especially when you're all world player like anthony davis there's a certain way you carry yourself like he's a champion now isn't it he's, he's won the ultimate prize the reason why so many of these players play the game he's got that so now he's gonna move in a certain way he's gonna play in a certain way he's got that built-up confidence now that arrogance his level of play is gonna improve drastically whereby through the playoffs he's gonna become an even better performer i believe because he's got that championship experience and of course they've got lebron james why would why would you bet against him i mean he's proven time and time again why he is one of the greatest players that has ever bounced a basketball and yeah i feel like they're gonna be the team to beat they haven't really lost anyone major i know they lost rondo and they've lost dwight howard but by bringing in mark gasol and wesley matthews they've brought in guys who can shoot the ball Mark Gasol is a great passing big as well. I know his age has been showing recently, especially last year in Toronto, but he can still stretch the floor and offer something different than Dwight Howard. I know giving up athleticism for three-point shooting, but Montrezl Harrow is still there to provide that athleticism and that spark plug off the bench. Also, they've still got Kyle Kuzma as well. They've paid him. I know he's going to have a limited role. It has been discussed, but he's going to be a vital piece. I don't know if they're going to end up trading him or not. But they still got players who can really contribute. Like, this is the team that needs to be beat. I feel like their competitors in and around the conference have, have either stayed the same or got slightly worse. I feel like the Clippers have got slightly worse. The fact that they've lost Montres Harrell and the fact that they don't have a out-and-out point guard. So, yeah, I feel like the Lakers are going to be the team to beat, man. If you want to win a championship, you have to go through LeBron James. This is how it's been the last, like, what, nine years now, barring two seasons ago i feel like normal service has resumed and the lakers will win their 18th championship my mvp though this might be a bit of a hot take but listen give me big yoke nikola Jokic. i've got him winning mvp this season why much as why i have the nuggets being the number one seed in the west i feel like they're going to be the best team in the western conference 
Nikola Jokic is very durable. He played 73 games last season. He is what you look for in an MVP. He puts up good numbers, dropping 20 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Listen, if he can push that to like 11 to 12 rebounds and still maintain those 7 assists, those are MVP numbers to me. I can't lie. He finished ninth in MVP voting last season. He didn't have the greatest season. He got off to a slow start because of some like weight issues. He had to play his way into shape. But that's not the case for this season. He finished fourth in MVP voting the year before, though, behind Paul George. So he's getting those MVP votes. He just needs that recognition. And he's had all these years to develop. He's still playing with the same kind of players. He's under the same system, under the same coach. You've got Jamal Murray, his sidekick, who has exploded in a bubble, who's going to have a very, very good season. He's been tips to win most improved player. You've still got your Paul Millsaps. You've got Michael Porter Jr. who's expected to make a jump. You've still got Gary Harris. You've got your Will Barton who's returning to the team after missing the bubble through injury. So the Denver Nuggets are a very, very good team and they're going to have a top two record in the NBA in my opinion. He's going to be like the best player on one of the top two teams in basketball. So therefore I believe he's going to win MVP. And let's not forget the Nuggets are still a quality, quality regular season team so even if they don't finish as the number one seed as i've predicted i still feel like their minimum they're gonna finish is as the three seed and with so many other players there i've got questions over them so luca has been uh, one of the favorites for mvp there are questions surrounding his injury history i don't think the dallas mavericks are going to be one of the top three teams in the west because i don't like them better than the lakers or the clippers in the regular season anyway or the nuggets of course so those are questions surrounding um luka Doncic. Unless he puts up like some crazy historical numbers like Russell Westbrook. Um, LeBron James, we all know that that turnaround from last season is going to affect him. I feel like he's going to sit some games out, which is going to harm his MVP voting. The same thing for Kevin Durant. He's coming off a long injury. He's going to be managed uh, appropriately so he doesn't aggravate himself or overload his workload. Yanis, I feel like even though the Bucks will have a very, very good regular season record, he's going to have to put up some amazing stats to get that third consecutive MVP. I mean, we already know what voter fatigue is like. And with the way he plays in the playoffs, it really, really has to stop. So unless he's averaging like 50, they're not going to give him an MVP. I don't think so at all. James Harden, who's always in MVP conversations, he looks like he wants out of Houston. I don't know where he's going to land. I don't know what his level of play is going to be like. Well, in fact, that's a lie. I still know that he's going to put up his numbers, but it's just a thing whereby he's going through a transition period whereby we don't know where he's going to end up. So I think that's going to affect his stock. Um, so yeah, I've got Nikola Jokic as my MVP. I had him as my MVP candidate last season. Of course, he didn't win it. But this season, uh, a year more mature, coming off a Western Conference Finals, I feel like he's going to be motivated. He's going to be hungry. So give me Nikola Jokic as the 2021 NBA MVP. A lot of people might disagree. A lot of people have disagreed. He's the heart and soul of the team. He's going to play loads of games. He's going to have a sidekick in Jamal Murray, who I predicts will make a big step and yeah he's a clutch player as well we've seen some game winners that he's hit last season and over the course of the years and he's a guy who down the stretch if the Nuggets are down three with two minutes left you know they're going through Jokic who's gonna pass it to a cut in Gary Harris or he's gonna find Michael Porter Jr in the corner for a three-point attempt he's gonna be the focal point of this Denver Nuggets team so I feel like with the way they're going to play, he's going to be the focal point and he's going to get his numbers and he's going to get that recognition. And I just feel like um, the voters will like that and they're going to vote for him, especially with what he's doing 
at the centre position. Moving on to my Rookie of the Year prediction. This was a prediction I got right last year, picking Jamal Rant. Um, this year is going to be tough, man. I mean, we've got some good, good rookies coming in. You've got your Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppins. I'm going to go with the consensus pick this year and pick LaMelo Ball. And here's why I feel like the Charlotte Hornets, they're not going to be as bad as people think. I think they've got a competent team that can win a few games, especially in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I feel like Lamelo Ball, he's going to bring that attraction to Charlotte. He's going to make Charlotte Hornets a team that some people will tune into on League Pass, something that <laughs> hasn't been done in I don't know how long. But yeah, the back behind the back dimes, the um, full court passes, he's going to bring excitement to that Charlotte Hornets team. The lobs to PJ Washington and Miles Bridges is going to be very, very exciting to see. So he's going to get his numbers. Um, the big question for him is how efficient can he shoot the ball? Because I've seen him shoot one for 10 from the field in preseason. So hopefully he just gets that out of the way in preseason and is ready to really like at least try to be efficient. I know he's been known to be someone who just jacks up shots. But if he can, I don't know, try to be somewhat efficient, you know, he's going to get his assist numbers. As a 6-7 point guard, he's naturally going to get those rebounds. The only question for me is the Charlotte Hornets have two ball dominant guards in Terry Rozier and also in Devontae Graham so I don't know how they're going to sort out that rotation I w one would assume that Terry Rozier would come off the bench or Lamelo Ball yeah because they're not picking Lamelo Ball at three to come off the bench especially when you've got LaVar Ball who would let um, James Rago know about that so that's something to take into consideration so yeah I've got Lamelo Ball I think he's going to have a good season down in Charlotte probably average like 15 to 18 with like seven assists or something like that so yeah he's also going to have a lot of highlight rules which these voters would like those behind the back passes as i said those alley-oop throws have some clutch shots in the end because you know he likes to take shots so eventually some of them are going to fall so he might have a couple game winners or some buzzer beaters to end the half or something like that but yeah he's going to be a walking highlight rule this season i believe and voters would like that so i feel like they're gonna give him rookie of the year Moving on to my prediction for Defensive Player of the Year, I've got Benjamin David Simmons, a.k.a. Ben Simmons. Why? Because at 6'10", in the point guard position, he's just an elite, elite defender on and off ball. We've seen this especially last season, blossoming into all-defense first-team um, selection. I believe that he should have been Defensive Player of the Year last season, but that those injuries really did hamper him. If he is to avoid these nagging injuries, he can easily win Defensive Player of the Year due to his versatility, due to his size and due to his quickness. At 6'10 as well, this phrase gets thrown around a lot, but I believe he genuinely can legitimately guard 1-5. through five. He's one of the few players in the league who can catch up to guards who are, who are running to the rim and can defend big men backing him down in the post. You can put him onto your op opponent's best offensive player and he can slow him down or limit him at best. Statistically, he spends the longest times or the most possessions guarding all-stars who you can check this up. I believe the Sixers as well, they're a good defensive team. They brought in Doc Rivers and Dan Burke who was a defensive-minded coach and Doc Rivers whenever he speaks to the media that he wants the Sixers team to be a top three defense and they're gonna emphasize on the defense and with an anchor man in Joel Embiid and with guys like Danny Green and, and Matisse Thibault coming off the bench the Sixers will be a defensive monster Ben Simmons being one of the best defenders in the league will be one of the best defenders on the team and that will help enable him win his first defensive play of the year the first guard to win defensive play of the year since Gary Payton all those years ago obviously you've got a lot of 
players who could challenge him for this award. You've got Anthony Davis, you've got Rudy Gobert, who I doubt will win it three times, although it wouldn't really surprise me considering his defensive impact. And yeah, you've obviously got Yanis as well, who could go back to back and win defensive player of the year. But yeah, I've got Ben Simmons, man. I just feel like it's time for him to get recognised for his defence. He gets criticised so much for his lack of three-point shooting that they do not take into account that this guy is an all-world player and an all-world defender. There's not a lot of players who have that defensive versatility like his. I know you can say guys like Marcus Smart, guys like Patrick Beverly to an extent, but Ben Simmons, with that size and that length, and that quickness combined, I feel like that makes him better defensively and it makes him way, way, way more versatile because if you try to put him in a pick and roll, guess what? He can guard the guy setting the pick or he can guard the big roll into the basket. Pick your poison. So that's why I've got him winning defensive play of the year. Talk to me. Moving on now, this is probably one of the hardest things to predict. But for most improved player, after doing a little bit of research, I'm going to go with Christian Wood. Simply because he's finally got his contract. Houston gave him a little bag. He's been around the league. He's been in Detroit. He's been in Milwaukee. He's been in Philadelphia, amongst others. Especially in Houston, with all this uncertainty with the James Harden situation. I feel like he's going to be the starting centre as well. Um, it's been reported so I feel like he'll get his opportunities and with John Wall being his point guard you know John Wall's going to put him in these spots where he can get those nice open looks or put him in these spots in these hot zones where he can knock down some mid-range jumpers or really get to get in his bag essentially so yeah I feel like Christian Wood will make a big big jump especially if James Harden is traded away or if he is not going to be playing due to the whole requesting a trade and this whole uncertainty and I feel like the Houston Rockets will still be a very very good team so it's not like he's putting up empty calories as he was much criticized for down in Detroit towards the end of last season before the season was suspended so yeah he's gonna have a point to prove that he's worth that money number one and the fact that he's not just putting up empty stats empty calories so I feel like he's gonna play well and with John Wall as his point guard he's gonna get put any spots where he can increase his scoring averages considerably he's gonna be all right so yeah give me christian wood for most improved player you've got guys like deandre ayton as well who could be in the running jamal murray and shea gilgis alexandra and as i mentioned before but i wanted to go with a wild card that's why i picked christian wood and rounding up the last two awards sixth man of the year give it to me i've got jordan clarkson of the utah jazz he just signed that four-year 52 million dollar contract he's going to want to showcase that he's worth that money real spark plug off the bench he ejects offense into that utah jazz team when he comes off the bench can get to the rim gives a nice mid-range game can shoot it from three is a nice combo guard good size on him at six five so yeah give me jordan clarkson especially and off the bench is gonna carry the offensive load for the Utah Jazz when Donovan Mitchell is resting so I feel like he has the opportunity to put up numbers hence why I've got him winning sixth man of the year obviously sixth man of the year conversations you've got your Montrez Harrell you've got your Lou Williams who's always who should always always be up there a wild card will be Shake Milton who's um, really bursting onto the scene in Philadelphia you've got Dennis Schroeder as well but I don't know he might find his way into the starting lineup for the Lakers so yeah that's why I've got Jordan Clarkson winning sixth man of the year for the Utah Jazz. And my final award prediction for the 2020-2021 season. It shouldn't really come to no surprise as I've got this team finishing first in the Western Conference. But Mike Malone for the Denver Nuggets is my prediction. Why? 
as I said just before, I've got the Denver Nuggets finishing as the one seed in the West. And if that does um, happen to be true, I believe he should deserve Coach of the Year considering how hectic and how stacked the Western Conference is and considering the fact that they're not even the outright favourites to win a championship. If they can put together a steady and consistent winning record, I believe that that should be enough for him to win Coach of the Year. They've always been known as a quality regular season team. So yeah, those are my predictions. I'm just going to run through it one more time because it's been a lot to take in. So Coach of the Year, Mike Malone, Sixth Man of the Year, Jordan Clarkson of the Utah Jazz, Most Improved Player, Christian Wood of the Houston Rockets, Defensive Player of the Year, Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers, Rookie of the Year, LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets, and MVP, Nikola Jokic. I've got my NBA champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Those are all my predictions for the NBA 2020-2021 season. I've given my 1 through 10 in each conference and my award winners. If you agree with me, if you disagree with me, let me know. Tweet me, mention me at clutch underscore pod, DM me on Instagram or follow me on Clubhouse at Clutch underscore AB, where I'll be hosting a room to discuss all these predictions and we can chop it up and you can give me your opinions on my list and you can also tell me your list. So yeah, much love if you're still listening on at this point. And yeah, I'm looking forward to an exciting upcoming NBA season. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram and on Clubhouse and I'll see you soon. Love. Oh, 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 oh,